the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Take us with you wherever you go. iHeartTuneInRadio.com apps will give you access to the show and all the programming here on The Answer, as will our own app. That makes it easier. Search 989-FM The Answer in the iTunes and Google Play Store. Our number is 844-TALK-989, 844-TALK-989. In hour number one, we've established that Aaron and I are doing a public service by when confronted with two lanes of traffic, funneling down to one, getting into the left lane, the lane that's ending, putting on our right blinker to indicate to those behind us, hey, the lane's ending, you got to get over. Uh, That is uh, being hailed, I think. Maybe we'll get a medal from Andrew Ginther for doing that. Uh, I actually don't know that that will happen, but you never know. You never know. Uh, Brian Laundrie, the boyfriend of the now late Gabby Petito, Uh, remains at large. Uh, They are looking for him. He has not been named as a suspect in what is now the murder of Gabby Petito. Her body was confirmed uh, to be that, discovered in Grand Teton National Park yesterday. They're searching in a Florida nature preserve for him. I saw a story this morning that some guy has a a trail cam set up and an unidentified hiker, but a guy looks a lot like Brian Laundrie. Happened by the trail cam some 500 miles from where they're looking for him. Uh, do you think they find Brian Laundry ever? Like, alive. Do you think Brian Laundry is alive or not alive? I think, uh, I think he's alive, and I think they'll find him alive. I don't think this That's guy— That's a guess, obviously. Uh, it's a guess. I don't think this guy has the guts— to do himself harm. He's a coward who almost certainly killed his girlfriend, and I just had a terrible feeling about how this would end the minute I saw that body cam video of her after they got into a scrap in Utah, and she was taking the blame for bothering him while he was driving. It's my fault. I'm too neat. I was like, wow, how can those officers not know that that is classic battered woman syndrome right there, taking the blame for something innocuous uh, that justifies the anger of the person that they're with. So I just, my heart breaks for her family and for her, her life snuffed out. Just, boy, you know, I, I, I have girls, so, you know, you just pray that they're protected from people who would do them harm. And he's such a despicable person. Um, 
So uh, we'll see if they find him. But um, that is going on in the state of Florida. Now, I played for you before the top of the hour a teacher, unidentified teacher, who is sharing her personal story on her TikTok account of coming out to her sixth grade class. So she has told her sixth grade class that she is homosexual. And here she is reflecting upon the emotion of that moment. I play it because I want to have a conversation about this and what it signifies. And it's also an illustration of why you need to pay attention to what's going on in your kids' schools, no matter how young your kids are. So I just came out to my students. I've been wanting to do this for the past two years. Sorry, I'm like so emotional. Um, And I just haven't had the courage to do it out of fear of just judgment, mostly from their parents. But I had these kids in fourth grade and now I have them in sixth and I'm sending them to middle school and I love these kids so much and I trust them and they make me feel safe and I know they love me and just felt right and I I did it and it was so beautiful. (laughs) They had so many questions, which I loved. They wanted to learn and they wanted to learn about me and they were so eager and a few of them clapped, which was <laughs> so precious. Um, okay, so she's obviously emotional. She's obviously been uh, affirmed by this. Okay, so why is this okay? Why is this celebrated? This is celebrated because, and why is this? This is okay because she is presenting to her students. She's being transparent to her students about what they would call her authentic self. Right. This is who she authentically is. She's felt uh, restricted by not being able to show this part of her personality to her students. And so this is her authenticism coming forward. And that is why she won't get suspended for this. She won't get anything for this. This will be fine. Okay. So does that mean that another teacher could express their authentic self on another front to students and also be free of consequences. For instance, could an evangelical Christian teacher who prizes their faith in Jesus Christ and the difference that it can make, she genuinely believes in her heart, or he genuinely believes in her heart, in his heart, genuinely believes it could transform the lives of young kids. That's who that teacher is authentically. Could that teacher express that in their classroom to their students? Of course not. Could, let's just keep it on the sexual identity front, could a heterosexual teacher back from their honeymoon or after a night of whatever go into a class and tell their students about their own heterosexual preferences. She says the students had so many questions. Are those questions appropriate for sixth grade students to be asking about a teacher's sexual preferences, no matter what the preferences are, homosexual or heterosexual? This goes back to what I said earlier in the show. 
about being the frog in the pot slowly brought to a boil. She goes on social media. She celebrates her authentic self. She tells this story about telling her students she's homosexual. And nobody says anything who's bothered by it. Why? Because the water has been brought to a boil slowly, and we're accustomed to other people doing this, and maybe we're accustomed to, if I speak out, I'll be considered hateful, I'll be considered the bigot, but you tell me, is the sexual proclivities of any teacher, any teacher, no matter what those proclivities are, is that appropriate conversation for a classroom? Now, she didn't say she's a health teacher, okay? You might maybe be able to make that argument. Well, they're talking about, yeah, reproduction, whatever. It's a health. No, no. She's not talking about that. She could be teaching anything. History, science, math, English. Doesn't matter. She's talking about this to her students. Why is she so emotional about it? Well, you can say because she, it's meaningful to her. means a lot to her. She told you why. Because she feared judgment. She feared judgment. Feared judgment from parents. But she decided to press through that fear of judgment. Maybe she feared losing her job or whatever. She decided to press through that fear. She feels good about pressing through that fear. Why? Because she got affirmed by her students. Okay. So that proves a point I've made before, which is that when you are engaged in a lifestyle, no matter what the lifestyle is, whether it's cheating on your spouse in some way, stealing from your employer in some way, being outside the morality that you know in your heart you're supposed to live your life by. It's planted in the truth of God. is planted in every human heart. When you are outside that plan for your life, what do you lack? You lack peace. You lack assurance. You lack a calmness. You lack a right standing with your self-image. And so she shares this information because she craves someone to affirm her in her choices that the choices themselves are not affirming. She needs someone. She will tell you, argue, I'm sure, that the way she's living her life is the right way for her to live her life. But if she genuinely believed that, she would have that inner peace where she would not need the confirmation of her students, affirming her, asking her questions, applauding. See, do you ever hear of a heterosexual teacher saying, I, you know, I had a conversation with my students last night. I told them about the missus and I making a baby. That would be ridiculous, right? Nobody would ever do that. Nobody would ever have that conversation. And the reason why teachers don't have to have that conversation, or your coworker doesn't have to pull you aside and say, hey, you know, by the way, I'm heterosexual. The reason why no one has to do that is because when you are that way, when you are living your life the way God created you to live it, you have that affirmation, that confirmation, that peace in your heart, and you don't need it from other people. You don't need it from other people. You don't need it confirmed by others. You don't need to be confirmed in your delusion. 
I, I watch a lot of these videos, and that is what I see every single time. And the phrase, methinks that us protest too much, comes to mind when people say, no, 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 this is who I am. I'm authentic. This is, this is, but you're not. Because the fact that you have to have other people affirm it, confirm it, applaud it, shows that the peace that others have with who they really are, which is not some agenda item of the left or some weird gender sex term that nobody's ever heard of, like pansexual or this, that, or the other. (laughs) When people are those things and need other people to confirm it, it shows that they lack the very peace that they say they have found. Well, it was about this time yesterday that the President of the United States, Joe Biden, spoke before the U.N. Uh, I've heard some people say his speech was completely inadequate because he never mentioned China, never mentioned Russia, never mentioned Iran. Uh, And then I heard Leslie Marshall last night, a Democratic hack on uh, the Brett Baer extravaganza special report. I heard Leslie Marshall say it was bold. And, uh, and an awesome speech. Uh, here are the highlights you decide for yourself. We meet this year in a moment of intermingled with great pain. We've lost so much to this, dev- this devastating pandemic, the emergence of new to- technologies, and global health tre- and, the, and a global health threat council, council toward global COVID response, the global COVID response, vaccinating the world and building back better from the borderless climate crisis, from the United States and other, from other donors, working with com- countries, technologies that reduce the risk, the risk. Similarly, we know the bitter string of terrorism. The bitter sting of terrorism is, is real. The United States is committing to use, committed to using our resources. When the earthquake strikes, we're fighting between war, warring parties, heroic, horrific violence, and a belief in the universe when it occurs in, whether it occurs LGBTQI, the authoritarianism of the world. Proud Moldovans built, broke now together. Climactic climate change. From COVID to climate. We, you and I, God bless you all. <laughs> Horrific, heroic. Potato, potato, tomato, tomato. The sting of terrorism, the string of terrorism. Uh, six of one, half a dozen of the other. Uh, Joe Biden did not, after his U.N. speech, uh, answer any questions yesterday at the White House. He was sitting with British Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who, as is customary, Boris Johnson called upon three British reporters in the room and answered their questions, and then it was uh, Jolt and Joe Biden's turn to take questions from the American press pool, and uh, that did not happen. Uh, here's a little bit of what that sounded like. Uh, interrupts or uh, unbalances the the Belfast Good Friday uh, Accords. That's the uh, Belfast Good Friday Agreement. That's that's the. Oh, 
phone got it. <laughs> I no. Mmm. Sounds like the Americanos are a little upset there, leaving the White House. You heard him shouting questions at Joe Biden. Joe's wearing a mask and he's mumbling. Nobody can understand a word he says. That's why the reporter says, well, I hope the mic caught it. No, the mic did not catch it. Uh, but uh, Jen Psaki is catching heat over this, even though she wasn't in the room. Uh, the White House Correspondents Association has filed a formal complaint over the incident. Here's what the complaint says. The entire editorial component of the U.S. pool uh, went immediately into Jen Psaki's office to register a formal complaint that no American reporters were recognized for questions. Instead, they were loudly shouting over the president. And Biden's answer could not be heard over the shouting. Here's a cross-section. These are these are reporters. I wonder if they're they're true believers. They're all in on Joe Biden. They would have been among those who would have ignored the Hunter Biden story that's been confirmed by the book released yesterday by the reporter from Politico that the Hunter Biden laptop was legit. It wasn't Russian disinformation. It was all a concocted media scheme to protect Joe Biden. Ashley Parker, Washington Post, said this yesterday. Worth noting that Biden ran for office promising to restore democracy after four years of Trump, but today it was the British leader, not the American one who spotlighted a key tenet of a flourishing democracy, respect for a free press by taking questions from his press corps. Stephen Miller, the spectator, said Joe Biden has not taken or answered a single question regarding the border, FDA boosters getting shot down, or the drone strike that killed seven kids. His aides shout down reporters and herd them out of rooms, and the press complies with them. Jennifer Jacobs of Bloomberg said Biden aides shouted over the president in the Oval Office, trying to prevent a back and forth between the POTUS and the press corps. And Darren Grimes of GB News, I have no idea what that is. Boris Johnson took two questions from the British press. President Biden refused to take any, domestic or international. I can well imagine the headlines if Trump did the same. He'd be decried as an authoritarian, a fascist dictator, evading scrutiny. Well, uh, Darren, you are right. He would be. Uh, But Joe Biden is not. So you can hide in the basement during a pandemic for six, eight months of a presidential campaign. Is it their strategy for him to hide in plain sight of the presidency for three more years? We'd like to hear from him about that drone strike. Again, I get it, fog of war, collateral damage. I don't have like a completely intolerant view of the drone strike that killed civilians and seven kids. I understand how that can happen, but I think he needs to come out and assure the American people, no, we weren't just willy-nilly firing drones just to kill anybody because we needed a W in the aftermath of 13 American servicemen being murdered by a suicide bomber. I mean, he does need to answer the question and explain how it happened. It'd be nice to hear from him on the border and why are Haitian immigrants on flights this morning out of Del Rio, Texas, on commercial airliners with American reporters who are leaving to go. They're not going to Port-au-Prince. They're going back to their American city. And these Haitians are on that flight. Why are they being flown into the center of the United States? 
That's a good question he could answer. Is he capable of answering? Do we know the answer to that? Hmm, that might be the most troubling question of all. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.